Wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy. Wait. Delay. It's not something we do well in this day and age. was a time, not so very long ago, a couple of generations ago, and I remember it, um, when um, you planted and you waited and you waited for the shoot to come up and then you waited for the ripening and then you harvested and you only ate it when it was ripe and harvested and you could only eat that which was sourced locally, that which was grown in the neighborhood. And so um, things like um, bananas that um, in England were imported from Israel, you had to wait for, for a season. We ate seasonally. We ate only those things that were grown according to the seasons. Nowadays, what happens is you can go into the grocery store and you've got a smorgasbord and nobody knows anymore what grows in what season. You just pick it out from the grocery store. was a time when if you wanted to do any kind of research, you had to go to the library. Remember those old drawers with the index cards? And you'd go and you'd find one book and then you'd look at the bibliography in the back of that book And then you go back to the index cards and you pull out another drawer and you'd go and find that. And if you couldn't find it, then you had to wait because you filled out a card and the library sent that off to another library where they might happen to have the book and you got it back again. You had to wait. Remember, as children, you only got gifts on your birthday And at Christmas, so the entire year, you may do with whatever you had. It wasn't necessarily out of paucity, out of not enough money. It was just that was the way that it was. You get gifts on your birthday and at Christmas. So there was this fantastic expectation. And then it wasn't lots of them. It was just one or two. And again, it wasn't because of paucity. It was just the fact that that's what happened. So you waited. And in the waiting, something great happened. I actually wrote two sermons on Friday. Um, I think you're getting the combined version. (laughs) And uh, so I preached a different one on Saturday night. But anyway, because all of the readings are to do with delay. It's not capricious delay. It's the Lord's delay. He's delaying for a reason. There's a greater good that comes out of the delay. The people of Israel had been taken into captivity They are dried up, they are despairing, they are without hope. Their lands and their farms have been razed, 
the territory has been ravaged, and the one symbol that symbolizes their nationhood, their very identity, their identity as God's own chosen people has been raised to the ground. The temple is gone. And they have been forced marched across countries into Babylon. And they are despairing that God has left them. How can we sing a song in a foreign land? How can we rejoice when we're not in our own land? And God speaks through Ezekiel and he shows him this image of a valley of dried bones, despairing, without hope. And he asks, can these bones live? You know, Lord. So he says, speak, prophesy to the bones. And he prophesies to the bones and flesh and sinew and life comes into the bones, but not full life, just the outside flesh. The life comes when he says, prophesy to the breath, the ruach, which means both spirit and breath. Prophesy to the breath. And the bones that were dried out now come alive with great life. Where are dried bones in your lives? Are there dried bones in your life? The dried up places, places of despair, places of anguish, places of anxiety, places without hope, places of how long, Lord? The Lord is all-powerful. He can make dry bones burst into new life, into coming life. But know this. They had to wait another 40 years in Babylon for the right time, for the perfect time. They were without hope because they were a defeated nation under the boot of a much stronger nation. Why did they have to wait? Because they needed to realize they were never going to do it in their own strength. We can't do things in our own strength. It was the Lord. In fact, twice in that Ezekiel passage, it says, So that you will know it is I, the Lord, who saves you. So that you will know that it is I, the Lord. Because we get to a place, don't we? where we think we've got it all together, where it's our strength, our talents, our gifts, our know-how, everything that we can do it by ourselves. And the Lord says, wait and realize that it is I, the Lord, who does this. You know how he does it? Remember the story? He does it by raising up Cyrus. 
and speaks to Cyrus, and Cyrus, a foreign potentate, actually gets them back into their own land. That's only through the Lord. But they have to wait, because if they don't wait, they think it's themselves who have done it. And then glory, because next time, next time there's a valley, they remember Next time there's a valley in our lives, we remember it was the Lord, it was not us. What's happening with Lazarus? Jesus waited two days. He heard that Lazarus was sick. The sisters, Martha and Mary, had sent a frantic messenger out to him from Bethany in Judea up to Galilee where he was. That would have taken a few days. He gets the message and he waits two days. He knows Lazarus is going to die. And he waits two days. Then he tells the disciples, Lazarus is dead. But I am glad I was not there, so that you might believe. And he comes down and he's outside of the village of Bethany. He's not yet there and Martha hurries out. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died But even now, I know that God will do whatever you ask. And Jesus responds in in a way that is not helpful for her. Your brother will rise again. And he's talking about the resurrection at the last day. And she says, I know that. I know he'll rise again on the last day. That was the hope of Israel, except for the Sadducees. But that was the hope of Israel, that at the last day, on the day of the Lord, on the day uh, when there'd be a new heaven and a new earth, And that would come about. The resurrection would happen. But Jesus says the resurrection isn't an event. The resurrection is a person. I am the resurrection and I am life, says the Lord. And then Mary comes out. And all of the Jews, now this is a big scene, they're close to Jerusalem, so all of So many people have come out to help grieve with Martha and Mary. Now there's a big audience. The other times that he'd raised Jairus' daughter and raised the son of the widow of Nain, it was a small group and he told them to be quiet about it. This time there's a huge audience. And Mary comes out and says, Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died. And Jesus, hearing the grief, starts to weep. Know this. God is not distant from his people. He is a father to his children. And when we weep and when we suffer, He is there right beside us, weeping with us. This week on Facebook, a friend who's a 
a priest in the church. She's a younger mom, and uh, she posted on their worst night ever. I'm at a sleep disorders clinic with Cavan, who's her youngest, who's, who's tiny. And he keeps saying, kiss my boo-boo, mommy. It was the pulse oximeter on his big toe. And then trying to calm him down, she shows pictures on the phone and she comes to one of her husband and his dad and he goes, I want to go home. I want to snuggle with dada. It was so difficult. Worst night ever. As parents, we want to take away the pain, don't we? But you see, that was going to provide greater health for him down the road. He was going to have to go through that as a child. He didn't know why he had a boo-boo on his toe, why he couldn't sleep in his own bed, why he couldn't snuggle up with his dad. But she knew. See, the Lord's perspective is not this mortal life. His is eternity. And, and our eyes are focused on our mortal life. And his is on the whole of eternity. So all of the plans that God purposes are with eternity in view. And with our eternal life in view. And so when his children are hurting, he weeps with them But sometimes, sometimes, he needs to let us go through that for a greater good. Jesus waited for two days because the body had to be well and truly dead. After four days, putrefaction had set in. There was going to be a stench. It was starting to break down in the tomb. See, had he been there, yes, he could have healed Lazarus. It would have been one more in an amazing line of healings. But even the blind man's healing that we heard about last time, even as the man himself said, never in all of the world has it ever been seen that a man born blind is given his sight. Even that did not bring about belief. But this, says Jesus to his disciples, is so that you believe. So that you believe, says Jesus, I am the Messiah. So that you believe, says Jesus, that I am the bread of life. So that you believe, says Jesus, that I am the light of the world. So that you believe, said Jesus, that I am the living waters. So that you believe, says Jesus, that I am resurrection and I am life. And there is no life in any other but that in him there is plenteous redemption and new life. Because for the Lord, for God, in God's amazing time, who is outside of time, we live in this chronos time, which of course 
Because of all of these things, time has speeded up, not slowed down. We keep our watches. Are we on time? Do we know time? But God's out tired of time. He's not hurried. There's never a panic for God in his timing. There's never a worry for God. His is Cairo's time. It's just outside of time. So one day, says Peter, is a thousand years for God and a thousand years as a day. So think about that. God is outside of our time. We just get so focused on this life. We want it now. We want immediate gratification. Let's get it done now. But sometimes we've got to wait on the Lord. What is he calling you to wait for right now? The promise is the dry bones will live and there is resurrected life. Lazarus comes out of the tomb. He's called out, not into resurrected life. That won't happen until Jesus dies, goes through death, and out through the empty tomb on the other side. Lazarus comes back into human life. He will die again. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It's eternity God is looking at. Not just our sense of the moment and let's get it done now. It needs to be speeded up. You remember maybe that um, I shared, I shared maybe a couple of times when I received the call to become rector here at Good Shepherd. The passage that I had read that morning was one that the Lord just kind of settled in as a vision for this place. He said, I will repay the years the cutting locust, the swarming locust has taken. He will bring abundant life, new life. And then shortly thereafter, there was the other one of the stump, the tree having been felled, all that was left was a stump. But a stump was enough for God. Because new life comes out of the stump. It was 40 years before Israel was released from captivity in Babylon. But they were given visions of hope along the way. We've been given visions of hope along the way. And what the Lord promises he brings about because with the Lord there is plenteous redemption and mercy so I invite you in those dried up places in those dark places in those why isn't it now Lord where we're tempted to say if you had been there Lord to remember That when we wait on the Lord, there is plenteous redemption and great mercy. Amen.